Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Today's message was recorded on Paddy's Day, with Brian sharing a great message and answering questions live. Let's listen in. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm David Lally, one of the producers here at the Brian Buffini Show. And today is our first simulcast. We're doing a Facebook Live and a podcast. I'm going to disappear into the control room here in a minute to take your phone calls. So you can listen in to Brian. Even if you call in, we'll put you on hold. You'll be able to hear the message. Brian, for a change today, has got a a nice message for you. (laughs) You know, he never brings content that's worthy of listening to. Uh, So he has a special St. Patrick's Day message for you. Let me hand it off to the one and only. Thank you, Dave. The great stuff. And thanks for the music there with Brogue The best intro music on any podcast anywhere, I'm telling you. So happy St. Patty Day to you. Dave's diving in and he's going to do the Q&A. I've got a few things to share with you. A couple of things to think about and a little inspiration along the way. And again, we're going to take your questions today. So uh, I'll be finished up here in about 15, 20 minutes, and then you can dive in yourself. So today's message was called The Look of the Irish. Now, just so you know, I've got three Irishmen with me here this morning. And The Look of the Irish is not really something we say in Ireland. There's a lot of things that are said in America because there's, there's a lot of Irish in America. In fact, there's far more Irish all over the world than there is in Ireland. And so the look of the Irish is a phrase that's often used, but uh, Irish people tend to not feel very lucky. We've had a very, very turbulent past. We've had hundreds and hundreds of years of being occupied by a foreign power. We've had famines. We've had massive emigration, civil wars, terrorism into the 70s, 80s, and even their 90s. So we've had, uh, it's had a tough go of it. However, you know, all over the world, the Irish are kind of an interesting bunch. You know, we... We had this famine where we went from 8 million people down to 3 million people. We had about a million and a half people emigrate, a million and a half people die, and then people started having less kids. And for the next 150 years, people kept leaving the country. In fact, one of the best museums, if you ever get to Dublin, is Epic, and it's a phenomenal museum. Probably my favorite museum in Ireland, and it's, a, it's an immigration museum. So Irish people went all over the world, and it's kind of interesting. The country is only 300 miles long and 150 miles wide. Now... That's like a good farm in Texas, right? It's a small place, but it is one of the most influential countries in the world and some of the most influential people in the world. There's only been 46 presidents in the United States history. 23 of them have had Irish heritage. So 50% of the presidents in the United States come from Ireland or their parents or grandparents came from Ireland. So how is that the case? When I left Ireland in the mid-1980s, economically, it was considered a third world country. No question about it. If you've ever seen the movie The Commitments, if you like music, The Commitments has some great tunes in it. And you'll see a bunch of places in Dublin. I used to play ball. I had friends living there. So it was rough. Now today, where are we? You know, Ireland is in the top 10 wealthiest countries in the world. And it only has less than a population of 5 million people. I was watching the golf this weekend and they were naming off all the major champions. And they were going, here's Ireland which has produced all of these people who've won major championships in the last 20 years. Like, I think there's 10 or 11 major championships, uh, more than that, actually. And it's smaller than San Diego County. So how is this the case? So I thought what I'd do today is I'd kind of give you the real look of the Irish. And I'd give you three thoughts, which is what I always do. 
on maybe why so many Irish people have succeeded all over the world and have become so influential. You know, my kids are fascinated. My kids have an interesting heritage, right? They're black and Irish. So they have African-American and Irish, and they identify with both groups very heavily. They love going home to Ireland. They love Irish food. They love the Irish sense of humor, and they very much the Irish sensibilities. So they're always asking questions, and where does this come from, and what's this all about? And as we've grown up, I've tried to instill some of these principles inside my kids. And so I'm going to share these with you today, things I've shared with my own kids, and the reason I think that the Irish have been so influential for so long. And so here's the three points. First of all, uh, the Irish, they have a wishbone. They have a wishbone, and I'm going to talk about that. The next thing the Irish have is they have a backbone. And the third thing the Irish have is they have a funny bone. I believe that Ireland is going to be even more influential in the years to come. I think Irish people are going to succeed even more in the years to come. And I believe people from Irish descendants are going to achieve even more in the years to come because these three things are becoming rarer. And I tell my kids all the time, you guys are going to do great. And they are doing great. I watched my daughter this morning. She's competing down in Florida and Wellington. She's the first alternate for the U.S. national team. So she was a national champion as a, as a young rider and then as a under 25. And now she's joined the professional ranks. And this morning, she's competing against 24 people, two-thirds of which are Olympians, past Olympians. She's on a horse that's probably the cheapest horse in the entire competition. She got third place. She's overshooting what everyone says. You know, she's ranked coming in like 18, and she's finishing third consistently. My daughters are playing college volleyball tonight, their first college volleyball game. And I see these three things have transferred to my kids. So what tells me is these principles I'm about to share with you will work for you whether you're born in Ireland, whether you have an Irish accent, whether you ever met someone who's Irish, no matter what, these principles will work. So the first thing is to have a wishbone. You know, the ancient Romans believed that chicken bones held the power of good fortune. And so when that's where the tradition started, when two people pulled apart the wishbone, the person with the larger piece got the good luck or got a wish granted, right? And so you have to have a wishbone. What's that look like? Well, it's about having a dream and having a lot of dreams and uh, things you want to accomplish and things you want to do, especially coming out of COVID and lockdowns and politics and woke movements and cancel culture and all this nonsense that's gripped people's sensibilities. I think a lot of this stuff's going to calm down as people get out and about. And I just think it's time for people to get those dreams going, where they want to go, what they want to do, start up the bucket list, start at, you know, getting ready to go do some things, get out and about. Oscar Wilde says, we're all in the gutter, but some of us are looking at the stars, okay? The great writer himself. And another man with uh, Irish heritage, by the way, Michael Phelps says, uh, the most decorated Olympian in history, you can't put a limit on anything, he said. The more you dream, the farther you get. So you've got to have a wishbone. The second part of having a wishbone is, in, a, in addition to dreaming, is you've got to have a vision. And that's kind of the picture of where you want to go. You have to have a picture in, in your mind or a picture that's physically in front of you. You have to have a vision, right? The good book says well, there's no vision, the people perish. What's happened is for the last year, people have been surviving. Even in the real estate business, as hot as it's been, you're just surviving right now. There's multiple offers. The prices are out of control. Everything's just, peop- there's no vision. You've got to take a time out and realize, you know, this too shall pass too. You know, Beverly says this too shall pass when everything's flying as well as when everything's bad. So understand, the market won't always be this hot. Don't make short-term decisions that impact your long-term future. 
Don't let your clients make short-term mistakes that long-term they'll come to regret. So it's important. Seamus Heaney said, if you have the words, there's always a chance that you'll find the way. So have a vision, wrap the words and the pictures around it. And then lastly, uh, hope. That's the last part of having a wishbone. A lot of people know my favorite movie is The Shawshank Redemption. Now, The Shawshank Redemption was a novella written by Stephen King. And in the novella, the character played by Morgan Freeman was actually a redheaded Irishman. That's why in the movie, he's called Red. And one of the things you'll notice about Irish people is anyone connected to Ireland in any capacity that does anything good, we claim them for ourselves. We're very big in the claiming people. Anything related to Irish, we go, yeah, he's Irish. His grandmother was Irish, something like that. So, yeah, Red in Shawshank Redemption was supposed to be an Irishman. So Morgan Freeman was an Irishman in that movie. And he says, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. That's, uh, so he's reading Andy Dufresne's letter, right? So you want to have that wishbone. You got to dream. You got to have a vision. And you got to have hope. And you know what? Apart from all the stories that Irish people tell and all the self-deprecating humor we have and all that type of stuff, that stuff's alive and well with Irish people. It's always there. Rarely talked about. Rarely do they express their goals and dreams to people. But underneath the hood, I've never met an Irishman who didn't hope for more. And so dream, vision, hope, you've got to have that wishbone. The second thing I want to talk to you about in the look of the Irish today is you've got to have a backbone. Now, I'm going to say something... And here's the thing. I've worked very hard to put myself in position that as a coach, I can tell people stuff that sometimes they don't want to hear or sometimes isn't considered socially acceptable. You know, I'm really not that concerned about cancel culture. Put myself in a position that I I don't really, well, get canceled. And so what I'm going to say is this. As the country continues on this woke revolution, people are predisposed to offense and looking for offense. The nature of the cancel culture is a graceless society and a humorless society and a judgmental society. So-and-so said this, therefore you're a that. This is done on racial lines, on economic lines, on gender lines, anything. You, You said this, therefore you're that. So one word or one sentence that somebody says, and they... And even something that somebody said who's dead 50 years or 100 years or 200 years is being judged by these woke standards of 2021 today. And here's what I'm going to say the consequences are of this. It's producing a culture that's lacking in backbone because the backbone has been replaced by the offense bone. I'm predisposed to being offended. Here's what I'm going to say. You got to have a backbone. You got to have some toughness. If you want to succeed in life, you got to be tough enough to do it. So we're going to have a backbone. Here's what the definition of a backbone is. It's the foundation or sturdiest part of something. So what's the foundation? What's the sturdiest part of you? What is that? We spend a lot of time sometimes stuck in our past and focusing on that. And again, Oscar Wilde said, no man is rich enough to buy back his past. Here's what I'm going to say. You have to have that backbone. And it's okay to go through tough times. And it's okay to go through setbacks. And it's okay for your kids to go through tough times. And it's okay for your kids to go through setbacks. It's the making of us. You don't want to artificially create it. And you don't want to just, oh, you're on your own, figure it out. But at the end of the day, it's part of the journey. You know, we all love the movies where there's inspiration. and We all love the stories where someone has setback after setback. Like I say, look at the Shawshank Redemption. Andy Dufresne has 
one bad thing happen after another, after another, after another. But it's the Shawshank Redemption. So many people's favorite movie because he keeps persevering. He keeps trying. He never gives up. He has a vision. And he chips away at that wall one little spoonful at a time. Boom, 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 boom. One little hammer. Chip, chip, chip. And then he has his... And 20 years later, he's crawling through the pipe and heading for Sewantaneo, which is what we all want, right? Everybody wants to get to Sewantaneo. Nobody wants to put the 20 years in to get there. I know this. The Irish have a real backbone. They've demonstrated it throughout the years. It's something that's been instilled in me, and it's something I'm thankful I was able to instill in my own kids. And it's why I see my kids excelling. And all my kids are excelling. They have a wishbone. They have goals and dreams. They've been coming to our seminars like Mastermind since they were born. And they have goals and dreams written down in their little journals just like Dad does. I have my goals and dreams in here. Okay? And so I'm at this a long time. But here's all the different, here's the 2021 goals. Here they are, all written out, ready to go. You got to have that wishbone. You got to have that backbone too. And so a great thing is first try, then try again. First try, then try again. The great Samuel Beckett, one of the greatest writers in history. And you'll notice if you ever, if you Google or go to Wikipedia, famous Irish people, you'll see sports and music and this and the other. And then you'll see the writers. A lot of great Irish writers, and he was one of the best. He said, ever tried, ever failed, no matter. Try again, fail again, fail better. That is awesome. Okay? Ever tried? I know you have. Ever failed? I certainly have. No matter. No matter. Try again. Fail again. Don't be afraid of it. And fail better. Chip away. Chip away. Chip away. Chip away. That's what it's all about. That's how you win. The last thing is having a backbone is what do you stand for, okay? And a quote that's been around for many, many years, it says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. What do you stand for? What, what are your values? What's important to you? You know, what did you take in? I, I have principles and I've shared them with all of you guys. I'm an open book, my father and grandfather. Can you put your name to that? You know, with the work, can I put my name to the work? Sometimes I'll create a little steam for my staff here because we're getting ready to broadcast. We have something that's ready to go. And I go, you know what? I just can't put my name to that. And we got to work and dig a little deeper and do a bit of work. And, you know, I appreciate the staff. They're always kind of flexible with me because of that. Not perfectionism, uh, but uh, can, you, can you put your name to it? And then the last thing, and another great asset in today's world is have a funny bone. Have a funny bone. And I would say the way this starts, and this is very Irish, is just don't take yourself too seriously. And I will say this, I've gotten up in this myself, and I've, the more I live in America, I, this seems to be the more seriously I take myself, and I have to work this out. I uh, was playing golf with a great friend of mine by the name of Jim DeBerry, and a good Irish name. And so Jim and I are out in a golf course, and he's telling me the story. His brother apparently was a great golfer, and Jim said he used to get kind of hot on the golf course, and he was probably bringing up the story because I get a little warm out there myself sometimes. And uh, Jim was telling me his brother, great golfer, pro golfer, but he calls him up one day and he's, he's got a terminal disease and he's going to die. And he's like, Jim, I'd give anything to go out and play one round of golf, you know? And Jim goes, that's when I stopped taking myself too seriously out here. You know, I was doing a broadcast the other day. And, you know, I love the Canadians. The Canadians have a good sense of humor, yada, yada. And I was doing a broadcast uh, for a Canadian company. And I said, hey, I got some funnies to start off. I just want a few chuckles. And I go, I know a lot of us are out of practice of chuckles. And people who know me for 30 years out here in the market, I don't have a mean-spirited bone in my body. 
I, you know, I'm I'm a fairly open book, so I'm having a laugh. I'm having a laugh at myself, and I have a few little funnies. And sure enough, here comes a couple of, you know, just wild comments and this and that and the other and whatever else, because people are looking to be offended and they're taking themselves too seriously. And here's the thing, just so you know, I'm always open to feedback and I'm always open to improving, but I'm not. I don't take myself that seriously, and I tend not to take anyone else that too seriously either. Okay, so you know, a great Irishman. Michael O. Confucius said, life is really simple, but we insist on making it complicated. Don't take yourself too seriously. Just have a yuck. We need a bit of laughter. We need a bit of life. And what's happened is right now, you know, again, it needs to be clever to be funny nowadays, but that's good. I like that. But the fact of the matter is, they say laughter is the best medicine. It's the best medicine. We have a pandemic. We have all this stuff going on. We have vaccines. Laughter is the best medicine. And the best medicine is in short supply in today's world. We need to yuck it up. We need to have a good time. We need to relax, okay? And so there's something funny to be found in most things. There is. You know, one of the reasons why people say, man, you're never short of content. And the reason is I can see the humor in things. And I can tell a story. So experiences I have and things I've seen, uh, you know, I'm able to find the funny in it. Mark Twain, brilliant guy. His dad was Irish, of course. Humor is the great thing. The saving thing after all. The minute it crops up, all our hardness yields and all our irritations and resentments flit away. And a sunny spirit takes their place. Just think about that. Do we need hardnesses to yield? I think so. Our irritations and resentments flit away. People talk about division. You know what we don't have? Don't have enough. In Ireland, they call it the crack. Crack is C-R-A-I-C. And it's a, it's a word... It's very hard to translate into English, but it's basically the fun, the laughter, the camaraderie, the jokes, the music. We're having the crack. The phrase, if you ever want a real Irish phrase, it's not really the top of the morning or the look of the Irish, but the crack was 90. That's a great phrase from Ireland. That's like, that means we were having a great time. Everybody's having a great time. When people describe that, you can picture it. And that's the last thing I want to share with you is that life's to be enjoyed. It's a good life. It's a good life. Life's to be enjoyed. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, most of the shadows of this life are caused by standing in one's own sunshine. How about them apples, okay? Here's a little thing I found this morning. It says, in all the world, you'll never find another race of people blessed with as much love, laughter, and pride as the Irish. We're a race that loves deeply, our family, our friends, and our country. We've always found humor in every situation, and it's what kept our spirits strong. Our pride is beyond measure in our race, in our roots, in our homeland. And again, I've said many times how I'm a, an American by choice, Irish by birth. Those two things kind of define me. The freedom, the entrepreneurism, the openness of the culture I found here in America that I deeply appreciate and value, maybe more so now than ever before. And then I also know that these dynamics of having a wishbone and a backbone and a funny bone have been the making of me. So there you have it. Uh, what we're going to do is something we promised for a long time, is we're going to open it up to some questions and answers. And uh, Mr. Lally's in there. I think he's had some people on the line. I think they've been able to hear the content, and you'll be able to hear them. So uh, over to you, Davey. If, who's on the line? What's the question? Hey, Brian. On line one, we have Sherry Visor. I believe that's the pronunciation, Sherry, I hope. Go ahead, Sherry, with your question. Hey, Sherry. Where are you from, Sherry? Williamsburg, Virginia. Come on. How are you doing? I'm great. Uh, I'm, I'm not really loving this market. 
I feel like I can't represent my buyers the way that you typically do. And that's my question. How does an agent walk away with a clear conscience when they know that their buyer has overpaid for a property, given away some of their due diligence to get a home that they needed? Yeah, I think I think this. First and foremost, I think the truth is never inappropriate. You know, you can have your principles and values, which I am, I'm lockstep with you. And you can, you know, we say they're overpaying. Here's what's happening. I just bought a piece of real estate. There was three offers beyond me, higher, da 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 da, whatever else. And I overpaid by about 300 grand on the property. But I'm looking at the long-term perspective of what I plan to do. Now, if somebody's planning to buy something and turn around and move in a year, if somebody's planning on moving in two years or three years, it might be a dodgy time for that type of stuff. But the truth of the matter is, this is going to be the case for a while. And I just think you got to say to him, look, I'm here to serve. I'm here to help you. I want to be your long-term advocate. And this is the market we're dealing with. I, just so you know, I don't like it any more than you like it. I'm going to give you my best professional advice on what has to happen. I talked to a friend of mine just this week. He had 71 showings on a listing in 24 hours, 10-minute increments, and 12 offers and 22% over on the asking. You know, that's the nature of the beast right now. And here, here's the thing. Let me say this to you, Sherry. I have a Maserati. And a Maserati, I've, at, the, at the risk of being in trouble with the Italians, I am Irish-Italian. Right? I have the Buffini name. But I got a Maserati because it's a lot like me. It's big engine, looks the part, and it's a bit temperamental. So sure enough, the bloody thing breaks down on occasion. And my kids are always laughing, you know. And so finally, I, I, I had a chat with the car. I was in the garage. And I had a chat with the car. I said, you break down one more time, you're gone. And I get in the car the other day. It has a flat tire, and it won't start. I'm like, you're gone. So I go down. I have a relationship with a guy I bought Beverly's car from down at the Mercedes dealership. And I drive down there. Well, you hear this. So he's telling me, he goes, I know this guy's name is Al Hamed. He's a beautiful guy. He's served my family for a long time. He goes, Mr. Buffini, I have a car reserved for you. I said, okay. So I go in. I go in. What's this mean? Now, he knew what I like, and he, I talked to him on the phone. So he had a car set aside. He says, right when I got in there, he says, can you put down a deposit? I said, I haven't even looked at it. He said, you put down a deposit. He goes, Brian, they're overbidden on the cars. So there was a G-Wagon on, to the right of me that was listed at 155000 and someone paid two hundred grand for it. There was four bids on the car. I'm like, the, the, the world's losing its marbles, right? I went and test drove the car. I put a deposit down. And by the time I came back, there was two offers on the car I was driving. So we're in a season right now where there's a lot of things going on. And th again, this too shall pass. Now, are we heading for a disaster? Not really. Because, and I'll get into some stats later on, but people are putting down, on average, twice as much down payment as they were just even two years ago. Okay? So people are putting money down. The rates are low. They're locking in fixed rate loans. It's the opposite of what happened in 2005 and 2007, which was people were putting nothing down. And then they were doing adjustable rate mortgages that were going to adjust. People are locking in fixed rates. Okay, I just got a loan the other day, a jumbo loan. And I got a loan when I didn't need one because I got a 1.61% fixed rate loan. I mean, why, I mean, I can make a lot more money with my money than 1.6%. So the market is overheated. It's going to stay overheated. It's going to be overheated at least another couple of years. And you just got to tell your clients, look, I'm here to fight for you. This is the market we're in. And we just got to make sure that we don't make a short-term decision that has long-term implications. If you hold this house long enough, if you lock in this interest rate, it's a hedge against inflation. And when inflation comes, it's the best investment you can make.
And that's a true statement. So it's for those of us who have been around the business a long time, it isn't fun. It's a bit funky of a market. Just tell the people, and I think you'll be fine. But right now, you're going to have to, if they want a house, and that's their need, you're going to have to bid over. You're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to waive contingencies. That's just the way it is to get a deal today. Okay. Thank you. No, I appreciate it. It says a lot about you, Sherry, because that's a, a high-integrity question. Okay. Well, thanks for calling in today. Mr. Lally, who else do we have? We have Weston. And Weston, if you could uh, state your name and let us know where you're calling in from. Hey, Weston. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Again, my name is Weston. I'm uh, from um, Maryland here. All right. My question for you is, I've been in Buffine coaching for about a year now. Okay. And starting to work more by referrals. So what I'm trying to learn how to do is, how do I teach my clients to refer me? Nothing's more irritating than going to the listing appointment with a past client and then telling you that three of their friends had sold their home or bought a home. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to learn is, how can I do a better job, or how have you done a job yeah. of uh, refer? teaching people how to refer you yep. and how are you currently teaching people you know now to refer you? Sure. So here's a couple of things, Weston. First of all, welcome. Uh, you're out of the year. Great stuff. Now, it takes a little bit of time to get that, what we call uh, critical mass, right? Critical mass. Somebody sees a vacuum cleaner, they say Hoover. They see a, a copier, they say Xerox. Uh, they think real estate, they think Weston. So the way to get people to, to give is to give yourself. So, for example, your job is to become the absolute connector for the people you know. So when they want to think about getting a roof replaced, they're calling Weston. When they're thinking about getting a loan, even though you don't do loans, they're calling Weston. When they're thinking about upgrading their kitchen, they're calling Weston. When they want to get a babysitter, they're calling Weston. And I'm giving you my example from my real-life career. And so I let people know I was a resource, a voice of value, that I'm here for you. I'm in the marketplace. I know all the best people to work with, and you can call me whether you need a plumber or a painter or a roofer, anyone at all, landscaper, you need someone to detail your car. I have all these connections. And you want to build this critical mass in the minds of your database because then when somebody mentions real estate, they instantly think of you and refer you. So it just takes a little bit of time. So you're getting a few referrals now. Well done. And you just need to know you're building a business. Hey, I've been in this a year. You know, I have clients who've been with me 25 years. So the, the fact is you're building something and you're building this thing called critical mass. So every day you go forward, you're being more of a value. You're providing value with your marketing pieces and the things we provide you. And then you remind them, by the way, I'm never too busy for any of your referrals. You let people know, geez, a great time to sell right now. If you know anybody who's thinking about selling, this is a great time to put your house on the market. And if you know somebody's thinking about moving out of state or area, I can help them find a great real estate agent out of the area. So you just need to let people know you're a, you're, you're a resource. You're a resource. You're here to help. You're a resource. And the more they get that in their mind, the more they'll think of you for every situation, especially real estate. Okay. And then follow up to that because about 50% of our clients move out of the state of Maryland or uh-huh. in either Virginia, Florida, North Carolina, or further away. Yep. How do you go about working with them not only to still be that resource but also work with them to see if they still know anybody back here absolutely well, you just keep them in your database i mean first of all i hope you're using the members directory to find another competent referral agent who's coached and trained by buffini and company so that they can do a great job for your friends and then pay you a referral fee uh but also uh you can keep them on your database so 
I, just so you know, if anyone ever did the math, you know, I've told my story about my business that I had about 300 A's in my database, about 18 A pluses. Well, I'm doing almost 100 sales a year on average. So how am I doing 100 sales every year? My database so small. In the early 90s, an awful lot of people were moving out of San Diego. We lost all the all of our big uh, military support, you know, General Dynamics. All these companies are moving out of town. So I would do this. I would stay in my contact, my immediate database in San Diego once a month. And once a quarter, I'd be checking into the people out of state. How are you doing? How's life out there? Hey, if you know anybody back home here in San Diego who still needs my services. So I just did it. I just was, it was a little less contact when they move out of state, but I kept them on my database. I kept them on my mailing list. I'd call in, give them a little updates on what was going on in San Diego. And um, then I'd, oh, by the way, if you know anybody back in town, I'm happy to help. Okay, and then would you still have them on your mailing list and email list and yeah, everything? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yep, they like getting that stuff too. And and here's the thing. They might call you and say, hey, I'm down here in Florida. By the way, Weston, I'm working with a buddy who's looking for a real estate agent. Can you help me find one? You betcha I can. You know, referral fees are good, Weston. You know, eventually when you get to the end of your career, if you do this referral thing for another 20 years, you'll be making more money off referral fees than you were when you are selling at your peak. So stick with it. Keep building your database. We'll get you where you want to go. Okay, perfect. Great. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. Mr. Lally, who have you got there? Yes, sir. Kate Johnston, the one and only up in Washington State. How are you, Kate? Hey, Brian. Hello from Redmond, Washington. How are you today? How long have you been in the coaching program, Kate? Do you know, my brother um, gave me a CD the very first day <laughs> he took me out in real estate, and that's going on uh, 12 years ago. That's great. And, uh yeah, so I started with a hand-me-down CD from my brother. If <laughs> so. we any of us that are younger kids, we all got hand-me-downs. So hopefully, this was a good one. Exactly, exactly. What's your question there, Kate? Well, I got I got a two-part. One question is, how can you tell an Irishman is having a good time? I don't know. He's doubling over with laughter. There you so. go. There it is. Ba boom. <laughs> all right. I'll be here hey, all the week. <laughs> let's talk economics. And you know, you know, the normal pattern is we usually see a peak of the market in about March. We saw that in like 2019. And then last year, when 2020, it got bumped out to the summer. Mm -hmm. Do you think, it, are you seeing signs and trends that we kind of see a peak in the market here April and May? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking at too. Yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, 111 million vaccinations have gone out in the United States. Okay. More than yeah. any, you know, just a huge, huge amount of vaccines have happened. On top of that, a bunch of people have had COVID. I don't know if you notice it. It doesn't really matter. I'm in the People's Republic of California. And we have the most out-of-touch state government in the country. But here's the thing. People are not paying attention. I mean, people are wearing masks and social distancing. I have people in masks in the company here today and stuff like that. Social distancing. But here's the thing. I was, like I say, I was on a freeway yesterday. The freeway was packed. I haven't seen a packed mm -hmm. freeway in a year. I drove down Encinitas the other day. I always go home to, by the, the beach road here. Well, it was wall-to-wall -wall people walking up and down, eating outside, and all that kind of good stuff and whatever else. So... Bit by bit, you know, people are, are bit by bit getting to grips with things. Sporting events is have, are having fans back. In fact, uh, as you know, Kate, we're actually going to hold our first event. And uh, we haven't put on an event in 15 months. We're going to hold our peak experience event in May in Arizona. And we're going to do all the social distancing and have people tested and wearing masks and doing all that type of stuff. But the fact of the matter yeah. is what's happening is two, three things are happening at the same time. There is a huge pent-up demand. So Dr. Yoon has done a lot of research on this, the number one economist for NAR. And there's a ton of people who are actually really have a desire to move. 
And number one, they haven't wanted to move during COVID. Number two, they're not sure where they can go and what they can get. And there's a, there's a very uh, significant uh, pent-up demand uh, to make a move. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of things uh, in the market. I think it's going to be a big April. I think it's going to be a big May. I don't enjoy a real estate market like this. It's funky. I don't enjoy 71 showings in 24 hours and 12 offers over list price and all that stuff. Uh, there's some goofy stuff there. And you have to weigh through it. You know, and you have to make sure your clients don't just get caught up in it and make sure there's enough value. Make sure they're making a decision where they plan to be there a while, locking in a fixed rate, putting a bit of money down. What I see is going to happen is this. What's eventually going to cool off the economy is when they raise the rates, but they've made this commitment to stick the rates down. That's why cars mm-hmm. are selling, everything's selling, and the country is flush with cash. The, the country has never had more cash in its history at both the consumer level and then at a corporate level, and now the government is flushing cash. So they just passed this $1.9 trillion bill. When all the economists say we're looking at 4 maybe 5% growth this year, and still, you know, that bill was probably, would have probably been good in September. So now they're mm-hmm. flushing cash on top of cash. They're talking about the next bill giving every first-time buyer fifteen grand. That is not going to help prices. That's not going to help a first-time buyer. It's going to raise the prices more. So... Right. We're going to deal with this. It's going to be a bit nuts for a while. That's why it's very, very important to stay grounded, to stay solid for your customers. Give them the warnings. I don't think we're going to have a capitulation like we had in 06. You know, it's not because there's more down payments. The down payments have doubled, and people are locking in fixed rates. Now, I do think when the rates increase, the market will cool off. There is also construction is coming, but construction has been withheld because of the high cost of lumber and other things that they're having a problem getting. So we're going to have high demand, lower supply, and low interest rates here for a while. So it's going to be a bit nuts, you know? It's going to be a bit nuts. It's, ba- it's been a bit nuts. And I know you're doing your best. I would just say make sure you take a little break for yourself. Make sure you take a little time off. Know when to go hard and then know when to take a little break. It's very, very important. Well, thank you. And um, with your lessons, um, I just got my third son into a house, and we wow. won a bidding war, and we were lucky number seven. So there wow. we go. <laughs> well, and you, you have a lot of style in how you go about it. You're a very generous person. You're a very thoughtful person, and you work the referral system beautifully. So more luck to you, girl. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Thanks for calling in. And to you. Thank you so much. All Bye-bye. right. Mr. Lally, who do we have on the line? Marvin Benenson from Danbury, Connecticut is on, Brian. All right. We've got all East Coasters today. That's great. Marvin, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing well. Doing well. Um, and just had a question about uh, the podcast. I uh, came into the game a little bit late. Okay. And so I, I started listening every single morning. I walk for three miles, no mm. matter what the re- weather is. <laughs> and um, anyway, I have your podcast on. I started way back in the beginning, and I'm up to like 24, 25. Nice. But then... Somebody will mention something that you said that's current. <laughs> I, so I'm just trying to, the other thing is I'm making a list of all the books you've talked about and mm-hmm. recommended. Yeah. I, I have so many yeah. books to read. I think it may take me to the end of my career to catch up with all of them. That's but all good. I'm just trying to wonder, is there a, a, a certain method to, you know, going through since I'm so far behind? Yeah. No, here's the thing. Don't view it. Don't think of it like that. Okay, don't think of it like you're far behind. You're soaking it up. Enjoy it. You know, just so you know, I'm a, I'm wound up. I'm going. I'm always going to be creating content. So I hope to like I'm painting the San Francisco Bridge. I'm I'm hoping you're never going to finish Brian Buffini. How about that? So just enjoy it. You're doing great. And then here's what I'd say: if I if I cover a topic 
and a book really strikes you. Like I have about a hundred books sitting on a shelf in my office that I've that have been sent to me or purchased or authors have sent to me. I whip away and I, I read a book a week. Even then I'm gonna get nowhere near it. So one little technique is get a book on audio and listen to it. Here's another thing is you can get executive summaries of certain books. So, you know, they do a nice job today. So if it's a business book or whatever else, I typically get an executive summary, which is a little three-pager. It'll either entice me to read more or I go, oh, I got the gist of it. That's good enough for me. You know, and I've read a lot. There's a lot of books today, and I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of filler in a lot of books today. I also taught myself how to speed read so I can zip through them. But if you like to listen, listen away. I will say this to you. Let me tell you, Marvin, it's a lifestyle, you know? It's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the, the truth of the matter is, if you put the good stuff in, yep. people will start commenting to you. They'll notice the change. They'll notice the difference because you'll start being the very best version of yourself. So let me say this. You never want to finish that. You want to enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the podcast. And if you want, scoot ahead. I know I'm a guy that likes to start finishing, you know, like yourself. But you might scroll through all the titles that I have, and then pick a couple of your favorites and go with them. And uh, just keep a list together of what you've listened to and what you haven't. I do that. But enjoy it. You know, enjoy it. I've been at this. Uh, in fact, I just realized, David, is it three or four years we're here in the podcast? Four, bro. Four years. So yeah. we started on St. Patrick's Day four years ago. Well, I'm kind of a busy fella, Marvin. So I'm always going to be knocking stuff out, you know. During the crisis last year, I was knocking out two podcasts a week. So there's lots of content. So I would just say, enjoy yourself. Pick your favorites. Uh, I have people who go through it all and, and do it sequentially, whatever. But just enjoy each one of them. Take your time. Uh, and then when you really find ones you enjoy, go deeper with it. Get the book. Read the book. Do that type of thing. And uh, enjoy yourself. But hey, you know what? I love it. This is the purest thing I do in my business career. We started this podcast four years ago. I built this big studio. I have a whole team built around it. I never run ads. I don't sell anything. I just enjoy it. And I really think about it, and it's a chance for me. This podcast goes to 170-some countries, and I get to reach people I never would have met in my life, you know. So, you know, here you are. We've never met before, but I'm on your walk every day out in Connecticut, come rain or shine. So I love it. I appreciate it. And I, uh, uh, when you're listening to me tomorrow, I hope you think I'm just speaking to you, okay? All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Marvin. Nice to meet you. Dave, we take a few more there. Yeah, we've got a few more calls. I do have to own up to something, though. Yeah. Five years, not four. Five, is it? Yeah. Are you serious? 2016. Is that right? Yeah. It's Buffini years, though. It's different. Yeah. They're like yeah. dog years. They right? are. They are dog years. <laughs> well, you know, you're getting up there yourself, Dave. Hey. David is 390 <laughs> days from his 50th birthday. So, so you know, David's been with me for what? A lot. 18. 18. 18 years. 18 years. years. Now, talk about Shawshank Redemption. If David could have gotten out of Shawshank 18 years ago, he probably has a tunnel under the building. But um, the fact of the matter is, Dave and I have a great relationship. Obviously, we work together very closely. But we've been at this for a long time. And I actually have my assistant, Jeanette, has a big countdown clock. Because David is, is born young. He stays young. He has this band. He's kind of the coolest guy I ever met in my life. A real Renaissance guy, you know. And uh, and I keep I keep waiting for the day he turns fifty. So we have a a giant countdown clock with streamers and everything built in. And every day that goes by, so we're at the three hundred and ninety four days I think it is now that he'll be fifty years of age. And that is going to be the biggest party around here. Cruelty, so, beautiful it's cruelty. 
David Lally he's a sex symbol but he's getting older too like you know what I mean so anyway who's on the line uh, speechless let's quickly go to Jesse in Pennsylvania Jesse hello hey Brian how are you doing today, hey son? nice to meet you nice to meet you as well I tell you this this is such a special day because how many days are you given a phone number and when you dial it David Lally answers the phone I tell you this he doesn't answer my calls so it is a you're a very blessed man, Jesse. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a day, and, and the only thing that can make it better is having the opportunity to to get on the phone with you on St. Patrick's Day. I appreciate my it. So, um, I got I got to be upfront. Um, my name is Jesse McCullough. Uh, oh, there I'm an you Irishman go. like yourself from uh, from Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I have to. Uh, I've got to tell you, I do not have a question for you. Okay. Uh, I am. I'm not in the real estate business. I yeah. am a. Uh, I'm a pharmacist by education. Okay. But uh, I just wanted to be able to get on the phone and say thank you. You listen to the uh, podcast? Pretty, You're pretty regular on the podcast? Yeah, I actually, I, I've been meaning to uh, just send you a note, but whenever I, I happened upon you being live today, yeah. and, and then the phone number, I said, hey, That's uh, great. you did a podcast at the end of 2016 on the power of a made-up mind. Mm. And, uh, and you just redid that one here uh, yeah. in the last several weeks. Yeah. Uh, but it was at the end of 2016. Or I made up my mind to do 10,000 steps a day. There you go. And I will tell you that I started counting on January 1, uh, 2017. And Brian, in all transparency, I can't stop now. I don't don't even know how to stop. That's great. Uh, So so I wanted to be able to just say thank you for pouring into people in the real estate business and anywhere else. Yes, sir. Um, Well, you just made my day, Jesse McCullough. Thank you. That's why we do it. You know, our mission at the company is to impact and improve the lives of people. That's what God put me on the earth to do. I like to encourage people and help people. And here's the thing. I'm like everyone else. I've made the, the information I share is what's changed my life. And when I can get to share information like with you, here's the thing. The vast majority of people listening to this podcast aren't in real estate business. That's probably why we started. We wanted to expand beyond what we've done. And uh, getting to meet someone like yourself, you're, you're taking the steps and living the life. Good for you, man. You made my day. Thanks for calling in. So thank you. Have a great day. You friend. too. Happy St. Pat's. All right, David, two more. All right, Brian, I got a, I got a nice little surprise for you. I picked up the phone here and John Fogarty from Ireland. Well, what do you know? Hello, Fogarty. <laughs> Top of the morning to you, Brian. <laughs> Tell everybody where you're from, John. <laughs> I'm from Waterford in Ireland. Waterford, a very powerful uh, place. I actually, John Fogarty sent me a video this morning that I didn't know that it was an, actually a man from Waterford that made St. Patrick's Day happen. Isn't that true? There you go. There you go, yeah. And would you believe, Brian, I didn't actually know that until myself this morning. So uh, I started sharing it with everybody I know. And uh, I've also got to tell you, Brian, that uh, I sent you a hamper last June, oh. July 2020. Wow. Which was destroyed in October 2020, <laughs> full of Julie's tea, coffee, you name it, somewhere in a depot in London. So just to say that there's... <laughs> There's another hamper on the way. There's another hamper <laughs> full of potatoes and oh, goodies. The good uh, stuff. From all, all the good stuff. Yeah. Um, Br- Brian, great, just John. from last year uh, when we tuned in and um, around this time when you were giving your predictions yeah. and then you gave predictions in Ireland, yeah. it's exactly as you said it was going to be. Yeah. It's, it's just incredible. It was like you had a crystal ball. Oh, yeah. Um, so amazing. So congratulations and... <laughs> and uh, Thanks a million because the amount of people here that really, really, really tuned into you. No, and, it was um, great. And that was, you know, I got to say this. I did, let me see, I think 
I ended up, I spoke to three and a half million people last year. I did 69 podcasts. I did a whole bunch of these Facebook lives. We had millions of people tuning in on a Facebook live. And then I did about 50 broadcast to companies. And, and the reason being is that people were really struggling and nervous and whatever else and this and that and the other. But I have to say this. I will say this. And, and again, you pick your favorite children, you're in trouble. But talking to the folks back home, and we know the, the, the Paddies, they say a prophet has no honor in his own home, right? And so to do a presentation that you uh, organized along with the whole team there, we got all these great Irish realtors on there. And I got to say, it was one of the highlights of my career, not just my year. So it was a blessing, and it goes to show you, right, I mean, how things were. I was working for free. I thought I was getting a hamper in the mail. But sure enough, the English, they've been doing it to for us for years, and they took my potatoes. Unbelievable. And I sent the, the <laughs> tracking number was sent to all your team, so everybody watched it getting destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Brian, the most exciting here, thing in Ireland today is all the pubs are closed. Yeah. Everything is closed. So I know. The, the most exciting thing is walking around the block, closing circles on my Apple Watch. <laughs> I know it's a tough go at home, but, you know, just keep persevering. It's been the hardest hit of anywhere in the the world they've locked down Ireland. But no one one has a bigger backbone than the Paddies. We'll survive. We'll come through. We've had worse things than this, so it'll be all right in the night, as they say. John, great to hear from you. Great to hear from the Waterford man. And remember this, up the dubs. Don't forget that, Johnny boy. Okie dokie. God bless. Thanks for calling in. Take care. All right, we'll take one more. I don't know how anyone's going to follow John Fogarty, but go ahead, Lally. Thanks, Brian. I know there's a ton of you guys on hold here, and I really appreciate you, uh, you know, hanging in there. Um, fire your messages in anyway. S- uh, send them in on Facebook Live or send them in to, to, to Brian, and, and we'll get back to you. Appreciate all of the callers today. Uh, the next call that we have here is Thomas Robinson in Loveland, Colorado. All right. Thomas Robinson. Hey, how are you Hello doing? there. I'm doing great. My bride's name is Robinson, so who knows? You might be related. Oh, perfect. So I've just got a quick question for you. Sure. Um, I've, been, I've been a general contractor for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting out of it, getting into real estate up in Colorado. Okay. And just any advice you can throw at me. I've kind of built a referral business through my construction. Sure. Is it all right to reach out to my construction customers for referrals for my... A thousand percent. A thousand okay. percent. And I'd come up with something like this. For the last 10 years, I've been helping building and repair your homes. I'm switching to real estate to help you find the right home. And that's what you want to do. And let me tell you, Thomas, I love the tradespeople. I love the blue-collar workers. I come from that. I think you know my history. I'm a fifth-generation painter's son. We get the whole idea of service. You've already built a referral business. And like I said, go to them with what I just said to you, right? I've already been helping you with your homes. Now I'm going to help you find your homes. And the people will love it. And you'll be shocked at how responsive people are. People love the idea that when you're looking at a house as a contractor, you're going to be giving advice. Maybe in a market like this, you'll say, hey, you know, we could move this wall and we can do that. People love that stuff as well. And so there's a lot of benefits to having someone who was a general contractor be a realtor. And I think of Don Neves. Don Neves out in Boston came to my seminars 25 years ago, and he was a carpenter. And he was looking at me, and he was a super, you know, New England guy, a hardworking guy, and he's, can I do this? And he just had to learn the dynamic, which is new to contractors in a lot of ways, which is a little bit of the promotion. Yeah. You have to do a bit more promotion. Okay. You know, my, my dad said the work will speak for itself. Well, that was okay when you got a paint job that lasted three months. <laughs> that was not going to work for real estate. So 
I encourage you to get connected to Buffini and Company. Get connected to the training. We'll teach you how to do the marketing. So you have the marketing along with the service, along with your expertise of the last 10 years of contractor. You're going to do great. And I can already tell from your phone voice and your energy, uh, you've, you've got a great way about you. I think you'll do great. I appreciate that. Um, I am set up with your coaching already. So, Well, you're going to fly, lad. We're going to fly. You take your <laughs> commitment, your service, and attention to detail with a bit of marketing. Do it over a consistent period of time. Let me tell you, another Robinson's going to be a rock star. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thanks, Thomas. Thanks for calling in today. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day to everybody. I'm in great humor, as you can tell. You know what? My favorite thing in the world is to help people, and I was so looking forward to this. I want to thank our other producer, Danny Iverson, who's worked along with our AV team to try to find a solution where I could do Facebook Live and be a podcast. So this is great. It's more like a radio show, something I've wanted to do since we built this studio. It's great to talk to you. I wish you the best. Remember, the look of the Irish. You got to have a wishbone. You got to have a backbone. And remember, have a funny bone. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for joining me, and may the roads rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time.